Hey, today on Basecamp Live, I'm interviewing Tim Griffith. We're asking the question, why Latin? Of all subjects that you could study, why is Latin so important? You're going to be surprised. The answer is far more than just getting ready for the SAT. Stay tuned for Basecamp Live. Mountains, we all face them. Basecamp Live will equip you to conquer the biggest mountains when raising the next generation. Each week, you'll hear from culture watchers, thought leaders, and storytellers who know the tools you'll need to summit the peak and shape exceptionally thoughtful, compassionate, and flourishing human beings. Welcome to Basecamp Live, and now your host, Davies Owens. Well, this is Basecamp Live. Uh, Davies Owens here with Tim Griffith. Tim is coming to us live from up at New St. Andrews College, where he is the Fellow of Classical Languages. Welcome, Tim. How you doing? Hi, how are you doing? I'm doing well. So we're going to talk about Latin today. Um, you are the right guy for the, this conversation. You oversee the uh, college's Latin program, and I think probably many of the Latin teachers that have made their way out into classical Christian schools have probably uh, come through your classroom at some point or have been in, in part of your orbit up there. There's a lot of folks out there. Yeah, there are. Yeah. Yeah, certainly there are a few who have done that. So I'm just curious, why, before we can get into the topic, I'm, I'm a little bit about yourself. I mean, how did you get into Latin as such a, a passion for your life and career? That's a that's a unique direction vocationally, I guess. Yeah, well, it's kind of funny and ironic um, because when I was in high school, I took uh, I took Spanish, and um, I had a, a pretty bad experience with it. In fact, I uh, I think as a 15 or 16 year old, I took an oath that I would never study any more languages after I finished Spanish. <laughs> and I wow. even took <laughs> I did. And I and I took um, a third year of Spanish um, in the hopes that I wouldn't have to take any language in, in uh, college. <laughs> wow. Uh, in Virginia, that was the requirement. If you'd had three years in high school, you wouldn't have to, to go on and do any more in college. So I was really... Um, against the idea of studying languages but at the same time uh, um really interested in computer programming which is um <laughs> and uh i didn't recognize the connections there but um anyway um after a while i ended up um at new st andrews college and i was forced to take greek um and i found that i really enjoyed it and um, after a couple of years of Greek, I decided that maybe Greek was something I wanted to do. And uh, then at NSA, we were required to take Latin after your first two years. So I went to Latin and I was I was kind of bitter about that because I had just really started to feel like I was getting somewhere. <laughs> and, and you regress back to Latin again. Yeah. yeah. yeah and, and then I was going to do Latin, which really did remind me of Spanish. And, um, and I, I wasn't a big fan of that. And um, anyway, I had, uh, but I had a great year and a, a great teacher who, um, who really uh, tr changed my mind about that. And um, especially when I got to the poetry, I started to think maybe I've been wrong about this this whole time. And I started to give it a chance, and I really, uh, I really began to love it. And by my senior year, I decided I wanted to pursue it in grad school and, wow. and learn how to teach better. So when you say poetry, what do you mean by that? You mean being able to read the poetic works in Latin? Yeah. Is that, yeah, the kind of right. open at that, the door? At that time, at that time um, I was just basically learning how to scan Virgil's dactylic hexameter, and I just love the sound of it. I, that sounds like um, a, and, a fancy something, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
yeah and um yeah so anyway i yeah looking at that it, you know I, I really i really liked doing that and i and i gave it a chance and sure um i began to love it well and i think most folks listening would say hey I, w- I was with you there through the not sure why i need this and maybe spanish will help me uh you know just talk to my neighbor or something but the whole virgil thing i'm sure people are like i'm i'm not going there and i don't think my kids are so maybe it's gonna i mean the question i think that looms is is why are we yeah, just why latin why why are we just kind of that amish throwback school thing we just because people had to do it a long time ago we're going to do it people used to eat gravel we'll eat gravel i mean what what do you think i mean how do you respond to that question when a parent genuinely says why in the world are we doing this and not chinese or spanish or something Right. Well, I think the the reason why this question keeps coming up and up um, again and again is not because there aren't good answers. It's because it's a very complicated answer, and it it's there are different reasons for studying Latin for different people. Um, so I think um, there's just to kind of throw out there the ba- the the big categories. Um, there are, of course, great benefits to learning Latin as regards language. English uh, is is in many ways Latin. If you um, I'd say that again, I think if the, you look, the, the, I think we're getting a little break up in there. You're saying, go ahead, repeat that sentence, if you will. Yeah. So um, English is in many ways it's built on Latin, where it's a marriage of yeah. um, a Germanic language and Latin. And if you if you go back through English history. Um, the, it was really in, there were a couple periods where a lot of Latin just flooded into English, but one of the, the most important times was the 16th century. And you can really see that as you're reading, um, the works of Shakespeare or something like that. Before I had studied Latin, I, you know, reading something like Shakespeare, it just seemed foreign, Mm -hmm. um, and archaic afterwards going back, I see, oh, this guy was really familiar with the language patterns and vocabulary of Latin. As he's making up words, it's very clear. And he wasn't the only one doing that. People were doing this from every direction. So they're importing thousands of words uh, from Latin, actually, into the English language at this point. So is, is the argument then, study Latin because it's, so, it's the root of so many Romantic languages, and so you kind of get a leg up if you want to study any of these other Italian or, or French or anything else, you've got sort of a basis. Is that kind of the, the flow of the argument? Well, um, a little bit, yeah. So um, the idea is by studying Latin, you, you really do get this, um, this base understanding of language that applies to so many different things. Um, you know, people like to say, Latin, what is it good for? It's good for nothing. Mm-hmm. Okay, but actually it's good for too many things. It's good for all sorts of things. Whereas, um, you know, if you learn Spanish or something like that, it can uh, has a, a, a lot of benefits. Um, but um, most of its benefits are for speaking Spanish, and right. speaking Spanish with people, right. speak Spanish, which is fantastic. It's very important. Um, but when you're going after something like Latin, you're you're actually getting access to a number of languages all at once. You're learning the English language much better. It's not an accident. If you actually go back and look at the great authors um, mm-hmm. uh, that have written in English, um, a, a disproportionate number of them 
were familiar with Latin. And that's even true of many modern authors. That's interesting. Um, there's something about studying Latin that allows you to draw on certain features of the English language. So yeah. Yeah. particularly in early years, when you don't really know what these kids are going to grow up and do. Right. Um, and uh, you might think you do. They might think they do. I thought I was going to be a computer programmer. Um, it turns out I'm very much not a computer programmer. <laughs> um, but, but anyway, you know, in those early years, you're studying things that can really help you and build a foundation in a number of different areas. So you're saying um, it's it's, a, it's got a broader implications. I that I mean, because the counter argument might be, well, then if you if it's going to prepare you to study other languages, then just go study other languages. Um, I read I came across a quote that said, "You don't have to go out with a grandmother to understand your wife." In other words. <laughs> <laughs> Why spend time hanging out with grandma in Latin when you can just go straight to Spanish? I mean, if that if there's virtue in learning the language, then go learn the language. But what I'm hearing is there's it's significant enough to give you a broad perspective. So you're you're better off than hanging out with a grandmother, I guess. Yeah. Right, but but I, but I also think that first of all, be learning Spanish. Spanish is a fantastic language or, or another foreign language. But to exclude a classical language, it's it would be like saying, hey, you should hang out people uh, with people your own age, but don't hang out with any prior generations. Right. Which is what's happening to me, by the way. <laughs> yeah. 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 There's that's absolutely true. It, and it's it's uh, yeah. really and that may actually it's interesting to me because I'm sure there's a high there there's the very fact that that question comes up is in general because anything older than about nineteen eighty five is considered useless and or whatever the date may be. So I'm sure this is swept into just a generational attitude. But carry on. That's a great point. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, there, I think there's a sense in which studying Latin is a way of honoring your parents. Interesting. Not your immediate parents, yeah. but your generational um, parents. We actually look back and see what people were saying in their own words 500, 1,000, 1,500, 2,000 years ago. And you can do in other languages. Now, I mean, in Spanish, it changes so much that even people who are uh, familiar with uh, modern languages have trouble going back that far. Um, what's funny is I, I can make out medieval French hmm. because it's so much like Latin. Um, whereas I, I can't make out modern French at all. I've never studied it. Um, but anyway, the, um, it's someone who, who knows a modern language can't really go back in history. And so if you look at it this way, any foreign language allows you to see the world through another culture's eyes. Right. There's right. benefits to learning yeah. one of these languages. But Latin and Greek and Hebrew, ancient languages, have the added benefit that they allow you to see the world through another time. Um, and it was a really important time. It was a time when, um, when the Bible was written. And so understanding their culture um, is, and their language is really helpful in reading the Bible. Um, it's interesting. I, I studied Greek, um, and I'm, I'm not nearly as good at Greek as I am at Latin. And what was interesting is after studying Greek for a while, I took a break and I studied Latin for a few years and, and did so very deeply going back and reading the scriptures um, I actually have gained a lot more from reading Latin than I did at Greek than I did uh, from studying Greek in some respects, um, uh, just because I understand how ancient people talk and think. And because I got so much better at Latin than I did at Greek, um, 
that actually has given me more benefit in understanding. Um, yeah, and this is this is like a, a very unique angle that I'm sure most people have not thought about. I mean, it, it's because you're not just simply talking about, hey, I can go dust off a, a, a you know Latin version of the Bible and and read it. Um, you know, I, I'm actually understanding their culture and their people, the way the language was conveyed. I mean, it's a very different level of understanding. So that's that's pretty amazing. Right. And yeah, um, another big issue would be, uh, and people have talked about this quite a bit, the mental discipline of it. Um, and uh, this is this is really, really true. Hey, hey, Tim, before um, before we go to that, let's take a quick break. I want to I want to hear about the mental discipline of it, because I think that, again, the, the, the values of Latin are so, so rich and deep. So we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back with Tim Griffith talking about why Latin. For 21 years and counting, New St. Andrews College has sought to obey Christ's great commission to disciple nations and build him a house, not just in Jerusalem, but throughout the world, not with stones and mortar, but with living stones. We build and fight. This is the task of a Christian liberal arts college to equip students with the tools to build and fight. And this is our joyful task as we seek to graduate leaders who shape culture through wise and victorious living. To learn more, check us out online at nsa.edu. Welcome back to Basecamp Live. We're here with Tim Griffith talking about why Latin. So, Tim, you're you're jumping in to say there are other values uh, besides just being able to help you with other languages, uh, in particular, kind of the, the mental uh, exercises. And what is that? Talk a little bit about that. What's what is this language study doing for for the brain development wise? Yeah, if. Um... <sighs> If you look at the typical curriculum um, that uh, students go through, K through 12, you have subjects that are, um, they're fairly right-brained, um, and they, they focus on accumulating a whole lot of information, um, stories and things like that, uh, sometimes creativity. Um, and so you'd have that with your courses like um, in history and literature, um, as well as in your art courses and things like that. Um, and then you've got your kind of left brain focused uh, courses where you've got mathematics and uh, the sciences, although the sciences uh, depends on how they're taught. Um, some of them might be a little bit on the other side. But um, one of the one of the unique things about learning a, a classical language, this would be true of Latin or Greek, um, is that Latin and Greek um, are both left and right uh, brained, or the a student is going to be using both sides of his brain um, as they're learning this. Mm-hmm. It is just as mathematical as as calculus. There are there are more. Um, complicated universal principles in Latin and Greek than there are in math. So you're and saying then, Latin you know, should be a part of the STEM program. I mean, it sounds like that ought to be. I mean, it, I mean, I just and, and I, the, facetiously I say that because I mean that's sort of the the god of the age is we want to we got to get math and computer programming and actually it's not just conjugating ancient you know declensions. This is actually a way of formulating right and left. Okay, keep going. This is fascinating. Yeah. So, I mean, and that was very much true of me. You, you mentioned STEM. Yeah. Um, I, I was very imbalanced in that direction in high school. I told you I was interested in yeah. computer science. Mathematics was what I cared about. Um, the sciences, that's all I did. Um, and I advised the humanities at the time. But what I, 
what I've learned since is the thing I despised about the humanities was not really the material of the humanities. It was the the fuzzy thinking and the uh, squishiness of of all of the talk about the humanities, hmm. um, as opposed to the objectivity and the what I consider the realness hmm. of world of math and science. What I, I discovered with um, with Latin and Greek is that it really brings those two worlds together, um, where um, you have all of this uh, of the objectivity and the uh, precision that you have in kind of the math and the sciences, as well as talking about all of the big issues of that we encounter as being humans. So, um, so is anybody making the history argument? And I mean, it's interesting that if one is, is deeply steeped in Latin, to then move into a vocation of computer programming, you you might actually have a leg up. It would actually be a good yeah, prerequisite. I could point, yeah, I could, I could point you to uh, a number of my students that have done that very thing. Mm. Um, in fact, last week I met with uh, one of my former students who is now um, a computer programmer, and he told me, he said, your class launched my career. Wow. Um, and I told him, doesn't too much because I went from computer science to <laughs> the other way. Math. Right. So I, I can yeah. really see it going the other way. Well, I, th- I think you're, um, ab- you're, you're absolutely right because I think that the assumption is this is uh, <laughs> soft, squishy Shakespearean stuff that really isn't relevant. Um, and wow, to, to link it to an er- you know the world of computer programming, logical thinking, and, and deduction is uh, is a skill that probably most people don't even realize is embedded in Latin. So yeah. yeah. So I mean, just to give you an example, yeah. in, in the first year when people show up here at New St. Andrews College. Um, within the first few weeks, um, I'm able to identify what my students' um, weaknesses are uh, intellectually hmm. very, very quickly. And the reason why is because Latin requires everything. Hmm. It requires every last centimeter of your brain. And what happens is that once you're put in this uh, intense program, your weaknesses become obvious to your teacher. And so I can tell per- the person, yeah, you're really good at following rules, but your problem is that um, you actually need to learn to imitate and not always ask yourself why all the time. Mm-hmm. Or uh, another person, I'll say, oh, well, your, your issue is that you just pull parrot everything that you hear. Sure. Never ask yourself why. Anyway, um, it's a di- classic difference between the left and the right well, brain. And, and do you think some of, some of the, uh, the stereotype or maybe um, the, the reality, I was just going to say, is a lot of uh, maybe a lot of times Latin is not actually taught I don't want to say correctly, but in, it's literally taught as just a, here's a, go memorize these declensions, and it's like doing bad crossword puzzles or something. It just not it doesn't fully engage. Right. I mean, that's definitely an issue. Latin is a very hard thing to teach well. Um, you need a teacher who can, who really understands it and who can push students. And the other thing is I think that um, uh, stretching it out over a long period of time right. uh, creates a lot of uh, issues with that as well. Um, uh, yeah. So you're, I know a lot of schools, uh, like the Ambrose school and others are moving towards more of a immersive approach to Latin. So, I mean, is that, that's obviously the way you're doing it. It's actually spoken, which most people find to be, uh, unheard of that you can actually speak right. this language. So well, I, I have to, I have to qualify that. Yeah. Um, so, um, total immersion is, uh, is really a grammatical 
So what happens is somebody is just going to be surrounded by people who are speaking the language and they're going to pick it up by example. Yeah. And um, the younger a kid is, the more they're hardwired to learn that way. And yeah. this is uh, goes back to one of the things that Sayers was saying. They're like little um, sponges and they just kind of right. uh, the pole parrot. Uh, yeah. soak up everything. Mm-hmm. Right. And, uh, but the trouble is you can't really do that in a classroom. Yeah, you can't. You have to teach pulse, and this actually is one of the things that makes Latin and Greek ideal for a classroom that Spanish wouldn't be. So, Latin and Greek are far more regular languages than the few foreign languages see around us. What that means is, I can give you a, a grammatical rule in Latin, and it applies to the language ninety-five percent of the time. Yeah, Spanish, Spanish is far more regular, so you can't. The rules don't help as much. I mean, they're a good guide to start with, but really, total immersion is the only way to learn Spanish or French or other foreign language. And so one of the things I always tell people, they say, well, why Latin? I'll tell them, well, you should learn Latin and you should learn um, uh, Spanish um, or another foreign language. You should learn Latin in school because Latin is designed. It's not designed, but it's, it's, um, it's a language created by engineers Mm. okay that's what those that's that's the way it is and it works in school spanish i would say you should take a short intensive course in spanish and then you should go to mexico or go to spain as fast as you can and spend a few months there um learning spanish in a traditional like in in a school environment right it's very artificial right yeah it's not the best way to learn spanish um Learning uh, Latin in school is the only way you sure. actually can learn. Yeah, that makes sense. So, yeah. Let me, let me ask, kind of in our time is winding down, I, you know, sometimes I think Latin is, is also associated, associated with, uh, you know, the old British prep schools. And, and you know, part of the, the uh, fear of our age is that we're becoming elitist. I hear that, you know, concern sometimes expressed. Came across a quote by this guy named Donald Clark. Clark, he said, you know, Latin remains the cold, dead language of exclusivity and exclusion. It's a peacock's tail, the luxury of being able to ignore utility for superfluous acquisition of useless and purely academic exercises. And then he goes on to say, if that wasn't harsh enough, the dirty truth of the matter is that Latin has long been used as a marketing device by largely private schools to advertise their posh pedigree and attract parents of a conservative bent uh, to cough up these fees. So obviously pretty crass approach and understanding. But I mean, I, I, I wonder if for some people... That very fear is that this is just, it is a hoity-toity Shakespearean thing. So you've given some great antidotes to why we should be doing it. But it, what would you say to that parent who's just concerned we're just doing it for impressive, you know, to be impressive? I mean, we've given reasons why it's a good thing. But what, what, what's your what's your thoughts right. on that? I mean, first of all, I mean, you could just hear from the, the way that he's he said this, that's sour grapes for you. <laughs> no um, doubt, yeah. Okay. So, I mean, that's that's... Somebody that's, failed Latin. What's going on yeah. there? <laughs> yeah. You know, the question itself is it elitist? Um, it's really rather funny. Once you are, when you're outside of Latin, it yeah. sounds like a highfalutin language that's uh, that's only about high elite things. Once you get really familiar with it, you find out that Latin is a language like anything else, and it goes as low. Um, as any other language. I, I I spoke Latin to my children for many years, and I had no trouble talking about um, <laughs> all the things that would 
that, that you talk about with a three-year-old. No problem at all, because that's in the language. Mm-hmm. If you read a broad uh, reading of the language, um, you'll find that all of those things exist. Yeah, Cicero, stuffy, elitist person. Sure. And I think that people kind of focus their curricula on guys like Cicero um, too much. Uh, so you can make it elitist, sure. but I also think you can make it very different. And, um, Talking and it really I think, is in the heart. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's in the heart of the teacher. Um, do they want to use it in order? Do you want to use your knowledge in order to make others feel stupid? Right. Um, do you want to show off? And, um, you know, if you do, uh, you're going to be an elitist. But you can do that with Spanish too or anything else. But yeah, well, I'd, I'd be uh, fun yeah. to sit around the, the Griffith kitchen table at night and hear uh, the Latin conversation going. That sounds pretty fascinating. <laughs> <laughs> how, do you, how do you say pass the bread in Latin? I'll, I'll work on that. So, well, Tim, it's been great chatting with you. I, I think you've enlightened us here for sure on just some of the, the richer um, values of being uh, exposed to Latin. And I hope that our listeners will continue to pursue this and ask questions. Hope we can get you back on here in the future and we'll keep the conversation going. But I really appreciate your time today and Uh, Thank you very much, Tom. Appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for joining us for today's show. If you'd like to hear more episodes like this one, or ones you may like even more, go to BasecampLive.com to subscribe and engage in the conversation. We always welcome your ideas for future topics and guests. Join us next week, and remember, when raising the next generation, you don't have to climb alone.